Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, man. That was good. That was good, man. That was good. Had a oh, great good, time. man. Middle. Third broke Stan Silva. Did you like that little comment? Put a smile on your face before we kick the show off. Yeah, you can't start the show off like that, man. I mean, I, all I know right now, I just know your wife is a nice person, man. You just can't just throw stuff oh, she out there is. like that. She is a nice person, but you know, it comes with appendages. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. Hey, see, that's what you and I miss about the locker room. You know right. what I'm saying? Exactly. Right there, that's the stuff that you can say to anybody. But if you do that in like. The public, they're like, "Oh my god!" And you're like, "Easy guy." Why okay, did you just you know what you just this said? Is that? Why you sit in the stands? Right, I'm offended. <laughs> oh god, not offended. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know why I act like that too when I say "God." Offe- I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm giving you an impression here. By the way, before we go, dude, I don't know. I I, I don't I don't know what you think of WrestleMania, but let me tell you something, bro. If you want to have a great draft, if you want to have a great Oscars, if you want to have a great Grammy Award, by the way, the Grammys I thought were the best Grammys I've seen in probably 10 years last night. And this just in, that sweetie chick is smoking. Whoa, what did I miss, man? I didn't watch it. What did I miss? The Grammys last night. But if you really want to put somebody in charge of something that puts a theatrical show on, you hire Vince McMahon. Oh, he Dude, uh, that he guy really- knows how to put a show on. That was some show last night that he put on. I mean, look, it's stunt dudes. I get it. Everyone knows it. I was in the game a little bit. He is the best Barrett at putting on a theatrical show. There's nobody on the planet who puts a better show on than Vince McMahon. I mean, he, cre- he creates superheroes, bro. He creates stars, man. That's what he does. You know what I mean? Look at look at the amount of people that he put out there, man. Stone Cold. You got The Rock. I mean, you name it, man. These guys go and have better careers after that. Hogan, yeah, man. So you're right, man. I mean, looking at looking at back in the day, like Mick, my, my big thing was, you know, RKO from out of nowhere. I mean, all yeah. those type of things. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know, all <laughs> that stuff, man. They 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 give you they give you great entertainment. That's what you gotta look at. It's great. Oh, it is fake. So what it's entertaining, you know what I'm saying? It's entertaining. You know, Let me just tell you something, brother. Right. I sat here before a long time ago, and I'm going to give you these 28-inch pythons. Nobody knows what it's like. I could sit here and tell you, Andre the Giant has held the belt forever, but the Hulkster and his Hulkamaniacs are going to be odd, man. The whole thing is just great. I love great it. Great theatric, bro. Great theatric. I love it, man. I love it. Well, speaking of theatrical, your Eagles. Bro, right out of the gate, why is Howie – here, I wrote this. Why is Howie ignoring the offense for this offseason for the Eagles in free agency? Devontae Parker traded. Um, Now you've got Jalen. Before before you say that, Devontae Parker traded. 
to a conference rival. Come on, a conference rival. And they make it happen. Belichick made it happen. Why can't we make it happen, bro? He don't want to. Hey, Barrett, really, he's ignored the offensive side of the football. They keep telling us. And by the way, I'm not going to keep continuing going over a broken record because obviously this is the frustration that you've been trying to tell me and Xander has been trying to tell me for almost a year now. This is frustrating because right. this guy believes that the draft, and I'm going to say this to you, you know what he's going to do? Come Monday after the draft, see, we went out and addressed it. You did address it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that those lottery tickets are going to make you better this coming football season. You don't know if that is going to happen. You've got proven dudes out there. By the way, this, and, and again, Devontae Parker, we're not talking about a lot. What was the package? It wasn't that bad. They have so many draft choices that they could have put in front of the Miami Dolphins. And now you've got DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown supposedly on the trading block. People are looking for some assets to go into the upcoming draft in a couple weeks. And guess what? The freaking Eagles are nowhere. Now, there is a conversation out there for Honey Badger, and supposedly the Eagles put a deal, Barrett, in front of Honey Badger to try supposedly. to get him in supposedly. the room here. So, I don't I mean, why well, it, is he not wanting to be involved in free agency? No, no, it's not that, Dan. This team's the king of one-year deals. Not everybody wants to play on a prove-it deal. You know, the Honey Batters, is, he doesn't have to prove anything. He's made it happen before. He, what he's done is, is, is bonafide now. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to – he doesn't have to go for a one-year deal to show, oh, does he fit in this this um, this scheme work or if he still – yes, he still has it. So why are we thinking he can get him on a one-year deal? Look at all the deals we've done, you know, and it, which is which is crazy. The Nelson was a one-year deal. Harris was a one-year deal. Uh, now Fletcher Cox, you got um, – Derek Barnett, Alshon was a one-year deal. Timmy Jernigan was a one-year prove-it deal. I mean, and the list goes on and on about teams. I mean, players have to come in for one year, prove that they belong, but then he eventually rewards them. But still, though, why does he, why does he think you can go through and, and, and sign these big-name free agents for one-year deals? Look at the Rams. They went and jumped and got the best linebacker in free agency. They, they stepped up to the plate, signed this guy, 50 mil, for a quality inside linebacker, a game changer, a difference maker. We're not doing that. So you're saying you love you love Jalen Hurts. You're, you're, you're in his corner. You love him. But at the end of the day, you're not showing that. You're not showing it. So it doesn't make sense to me. How about this? And they're even going around telling everyone that they really love the wide receivers that they have on the team and that they really love what's in the offensive huddle. You know that's a freaking lie. You know that. I mean, you can't like – what you're seeing in your huddle right now, you just have no, you have zero experience. You have a zero one. Watch this. Dan, are you, are you dogging on Devontae Smith? No, I'm not. I would, Devontae Smith, if he had a better quarterback, you would be seeing bigger numbers. I'm not giving, I'm not giving into that, not saying that he wouldn't put those better numbers up, but you don't have Tom Brady. How are you supposed to develop a wide receiver when you're still developing a quarterback, figuring him out? Barry, you can't know. have both. Nope. If, 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 if you have – here, here's a great example. Joe Montana 
Everyone always goes, well, Montana had rice. No, he didn't. He didn't always have rice. That first Super Bowl they won, he was talking, he was throwing to people that were called Freddie Solomon and people <laughs> like that. Okay. Burt Cooper, Wendell Tyler. That first Super Bowl against the Bengals in Detroit, he didn't have those guys. But when Rice came into the building, and all of a sudden John Taylor came into the building, then you started bringing Dwight Clark into the building. All of a sudden, Montana was able to help those guys come along the same way Brady has helped other wide receivers when he was in New England. Quarterbacks, it's not – look, the only time I've ever seen that work, Barrett, is that when Amari Cooper went into Dallas – and look what Amari did for Dak. Amari goes in there, and Dak is able to go up in numbers, and he's able to elevate his game. We saw that. Don't you think, if all of this is being said to me about, how about this? Well, hey, Sills, you're such a hater with Jalen. Okay, you guys might be right. Barrett, you might be right. He might be a guy that could throw for 4,200 yards. You are not throwing for 4,200 yards with that group of wide receivers. There is no feasible way. I don't know. I'm going to hear something crazy, Bert. Kirk Cousins has six years out of his 10 where he's thrown for over 4,000 yards. The Eagles, in their 100 years or however long they've been around, have had one. And it was <laughs> Wentz. Think of that for instance. Say it ain't Think so, of that for a second. You've had one 4,000-yard so. passer. And get this. Kirk Cousins has done it six times in 10 years. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> okay? Kirk Cousins. So they've only had one guy get, throw over 4,000 yards. Are you going to help Jalen become that 4,000-yard passer? I, don't, I keep saying it. I don't see it. it it's tough, man, because – I, I really want the kid to be successful. I want Jalen Rager to go out there and prove everybody wrong. But the only way you can do that is you got to help him a little bit. Yes, he has to make these receivers better. But when you're putting him out there with a guy that had 33 catches for 299 yards, that was his stats last year. Jalen Rager started every game, had 33 catches for 299 yards. That guy started all 16 games last year? 17, yes. So 17 games last year? Yes. And he put up that? Hold on. He is I'm, a colossal flop. No, so he was a first rounder. Let me look at the second rounder before that, the year before that. J-Jaw. J-Jaw had two receptions. Two receptions for the year for like 33 yards. Two receptions, Dan. He was a second rounder the year before uh, Rager was. And he had two receptions. He plays receiver. Not blocking tight end, not blocking wide receiver. Two receptions, Dan, in a full season last year. A full season. That's crazy. On the roster, not on not not in the on, on, on the practice squad, but on the active roster. Starting. Come on, man. Come starting. on. Starting. You know what now. that would be like? That would be like Barrett starting all 17 games and giving up a sack in every game. Right. <laughs> And still keeping his starting position or his right. roster spot right. next year. If that were you, you would have been fired. Oh, no question about that. Okay. No question. But when you're under 300 yards in 17 games, because you know what Rager's going to say. 
That's Jalen. All right, right, exactly. It's got to be Jalen, right? That's in his eyes, in his people's eyes, it's the quarterback. Mm. And the addition of the new dude. That's you know what he's saying right now. His people are going like this. And again, if he ever got cut, you know what the narrative would be around him? Hey, well, the quarterback's just not very accurate. And you know what he's going to use as an example? Odell Beckham. Look right. at Beckham, what happened in Cleveland with me. I didn't get the looks. The guy was hitting me in the back of the head. Um, he couldn't find me. And he's not a, he, he's, he can only barely find single coverage. This is not me. This is a scheme thing. The quarterback is not good enough to find me. You know that's how he feels in his heart being on this football team, knowing that, hey, I'm on a rookie deal right now. There's really not too much I could do about it. But if I did get whacked, his people would be out there in the open market going, no way. Nope. They've had no history of success in the passing game. Well, then, look at this. I'd be anything different. Well, look at this. You look at um, just, it's stats for – all right, this is stats the last two years in the NFL. These are uh, Jalen Rager's stats. He had 64 reception for 695 yards. That's pathetic. Al, let, me, let me do you one better. Now, J. Jaw, been in the league three years. He has uh, – all right, he has 16 receptions for 290 yards. And uh, his longest has been uh, 20, 20 something yards. Yeah, that, that's it, man. That's so it. So you're telling me you've got a guy that was drafted in the first and in the second round, and these two guys combined oh, don't have oh, 600 years. yards in reception yardage? No, they have. They have right at right at 700, like 780, 790. Okay, so one guy's between been the two of three them. years. Yeah, what three years and two do? years. Yep. <laughs> and they're still on the team. Yes. Which is, even, which is even funnier. That's damning, man. That's damning. Dude, you got two roster spots on the Philadelphia Eagles that could be used for a rush end, a backup bow lineman, a tight end, running back, which is that's your forte is running the ball, a linebacker, bro, maybe I, another corner. I, you got two stiffs on your team because you drafted them. Well, look at this, damn. My career was altered back in my sixth year. Um, I had Gus Farad as my quarterback, and Gus would hold the ball way too long. He would hold the ball for an eternity, and he had a lot of character. I, I gave up eight sacks that year, eight sacks. And I, I'll tell you, out of those eight, six of them were definitely covered sacks where he held the ball for like six seconds. And from that point on, I was labeled a backup because of that one year. Because the guy that just held on to the ball, you know what I'm saying? It was it was playing it held on to the ball, and it altered my career from that point on. Why are these guys still on the team when I gave up eight sacks and I became a full-time backup? These guys can't catch, but they're still on the team. I don't understand it, man. Um, it's because he drafted them. You know, the Derek Barnett's of the world, and here's another guy. So Derek Barnett should not be on this football team. Um, Rager should not be on the football team. Jay Jaw should not be on the team. Gee, what do they have all in common? Oh, that's right. How he drafted them. High. That's two first High. rounds and a second rounder. And the other guy was the 14th pick, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Dude, you know, this is clearly the difference between New England and Philly. Those guys are not on the Patriots. 
No. They are not on the page. The Patriots don't keep stiffs. Hey, these guys are stiffs. They're stiffs. Well, they're going out and they're getting, they're going out and getting, they're trying to help their young quarterback. So they're going to get guys he can throw to. They went out and got Hunter Henry. uh, Zach Pascal? No, no, no. no. I'm talking about New England. Okay, yes. They went out and got two tight ends for him last year. They got, we got a rookie quarterback. We got to get two great tight ends in in the organization because the tight ends, you you know, a, a young quarterback's best friend. Then they go out this year. All right, we don't have enough. And they trade with the division rival, the division rival, and pick one of the guys off the tree. That's great. I love that. That's just showing no fear. You know what, Barrett? I I, I tweeted this, and I'm going to show you something here. And I don't care what what, what they did a year ago. I, 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 here, I wrote down that there are 15 teams in the NFL that need a franchise quarterback. I didn't say a good quarterback. I said franchise. Listen to this. And this is even – Mac Jones is not a fran- – I got Patriots, yep. Miami Dolphins, yep. Jets, yep. Steelers, yep. Titans, yep. Texans, yep. Eagles, yep. Commanders, yep. Giants, yep. Bears, yep. Lions, yep. Saints, Falcons, yep. Panthers, and Seahawks. That's half the league <laughs> that don't have a quarterback that you could get – to throw you out of trouble and win you ball games. Well, I'm starting to think that um, Arizona might be one of those teams also. If they move off of Kyler? Yep. I think – no, no. I, I don't think Kyler at this point – You don't think Kyler's a franchise? You could add him to the mix. I don't think so. I think that Because I'm, I'm with you on his character. I mean, look, yep. you're making business decisions in a postseason game. I have right. a problem with you. So, yeah, you're right. You could probably add uh, the Arizona Cardinals to that mix too. Yep. Absolutely, yep. dude. But to sit here, Barrett, and think that, well, you know what? When the draft comes, we're going to address the needs of the team, and then the team will look better. How do you know that? Again, you're playing with people's emotions again and the fan base's emotions that just because you draft a guy. And, again, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to start the week out shitting on people here. What I want to do, Barrett, is I just want to point out if everybody – if we are in the room now where we have to have Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, what I want to do then is let's help the kid. Let's get the kid some people in here. Let's get what's important, getting a passing game going. Do you know the number one thing that the Philadelphia Eagles have to work on in this offseason is, is a that? passing game, oh, yeah, and yeah. they haven't. You don't have to work on that run game. Barrett, they were number one in the league. All right, so I was on um, Birds 365 today. And we were discussing how the, the birds don't have a mandatory minicamp. And they're saying they're they're citing that healthcare issues is, is the reason why. They don't want to get anybody hurt. They they what? think some, if they do that guys will get hurt in these minicamps. I'm like, whoa. So that I, I try to give them from a player's point of view. If you don't have these times together, all right, you don't even have to go out there and practice hard. Just have them in the building, building that camaraderie, that togetherness, you know, that bond. That's where you build these relationships at when you're in the locker room. But they don't want to have it because they're scared somebody get hurt. Somebody might get hurt. And last year and the year before they did, they did it the year before because of COVID. And then last year they did it because, you know, I they say that, you know, that, you know, the head coach Nick Sirianni wanted to, you know, build 
a rapport with the team. You know, like all right, I'm 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 your boy, I'm your friend, so we're not going to have camp, uh, mandatory mini camp. You guys come in if you want to come in. Didn't they break camp early last year too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They did. Yeah, they did. Bro, they only have they only have twenty one days. Hang hang on, hang on. Twenty one days of pads. I want you to tell me again that they're not having OTAs because of what injuries. They feel as though if they 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 risk injuries if they go out and have mandatory mini camps. Well, that means you're not deep in any positions that you covet, which is your skilled people. Dude, what you 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 have guys? It's you're not like you're protecting Tyree Kill. Or you're protecting DeAndre Hopkins here. <laughs> Bro, you don't have to – even if they come in, you don't have to practice them. Sit them down. Do you if know, you Barrett, I, I, can hurt. Out, I can go out in the open market right now and I could find better receivers that are on the street right now than what the Eagles have in their huddle. Yeah, you're right about that. Yep. I go get Julio, put Julio on my team, <laughs> and then get just a bunch of dudes. Me I mean, put- dude, you're not practicing – because you're afraid of getting guys hurt. When you're talking OTAs, you're not in full gear. Nope. You're in helmets and shorts. Yep. You're not even in helmets and shells. You're in helmets and shorts, and you're afraid of what? Getting yes. injured. Holy cow. Nick Sirianni works for Transamerica. He must be a health insurance agent. I don't get it, man. <laughs> wow. But I just said it was the, it was a team decision. A team decision, or no, it wasn't. It was a decision. No, it was a team decision led by the medical staff. That the medical staff felt as though they they had they weren't as hurt as they were as in uh, they were in years prior because they didn't have the load that they had years prior. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Who, you know what? It always bugged me about the team physicians, and I love that today's players go and get second opinions. So let me get that right. So the team physician is paid by who again? Yes, exactly. By the owner. How how in the world is that not a conflict of interest to the player's health when you're talking uh, NFLPA, when you're going like this? So wait, this guy can play. Well, I'm going to go get a second opinion on that because, by the way, it's in the owner's best interest to get my ass out there on the field. And if I still feel that I'm injured, see, years past, Barrett, when you didn't make a lot of money, you had to play, and you want to know why – the, con- the concussion issues were out there all the time or you played injured or you did it because the players didn't have their contracts guaranteed and you didn't make any kind of money. Now that they're making money, players are doing this. Hey, screw that. You know what? I'm going to get my doctor. I'm going to have him take a look at it. And, hey, even the Antonio Brown thing, okay? Antonio Brown, you know, he has every right to question the Buccaneers of putting him back on the field because yep. I've always thought that that was a conflict of interest. I mean, how can you sit there, see the team doctor, the team doctor goes, hey, you can go. Well, wait a minute here. The guy who's paying my check is pressuring you to put me on the field. Let me go talk. And when you do that, then you're labeled a malcontent because you want to get an outside voice to take a look at your injury. That's how the organizations look at you. So nobody's going to quit. See, what you don't have in that building right now, I mean – if you're Lane or if you're Jason, aren't you doing this? We need all the practice we can get. Da, da, da. Thank you. That's what I said. You need the, you need that off. You need those guys going out there and having a catch. 
You need those Reps. guys going out there running routes, getting time and down. Working right now, Jalen is in California working out with a quarterback group who's actually they're saying he's doing damn good right now, and he's going to what he needs to. Yeah, house. So they're saying right now that um he's working on the little things like the you know his fit work getting where it's supposed to be at, and then going from the second and third read, not the well, one, I the hate that. Third read. I hate that. I'm gonna tell you why I hate that. Are his guys with him? No. This isn't Tom. He's not Tom Brady. Well, that might be that might be an indictment on the coaching staff because he doesn't trust him enough to get him to where he needs to go. Oh. So that might be what he's doing. So you think he's looking at it where he needs additional coaching and he needs additional preparation because the team's not prepping him enough to get ready for the upcoming season? Because according know. to what you're saying, they don't want to do OTAs. You're right. So you're watch this. Here's what we're looking at then. You're telling me that by the time we get to fall camp, they're not having OTAs. I'm I'm assuming that they'll have a mandatory minicamp. Yep. Okay. You have a mandatory minicamp for a week, right? Or was it four days, three days? It's, it's usually three days. Three days. You have mandatory minicamp for three days. Then you probably have another one, right, prior no, to camp? there's no mandatory. They're not having a mandatory minicamp. They're not having that. Hold on, hold on. It's voluntary camp. <laughs> I, I just told, that's, that's what I'm saying. They're not having a mandatory camp. Where the heck camp. are you getting the reps from? Well, they're, they're, they're letting them come if they want to come. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is this standard around the league? Everybody has an opportunity. Like, for instance, you know, just talking to Jody and, 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 and you know, they were talking about, well, you can, you're a lot, you know, like right now, the teams that have new coaches can have their players in. They can start yeah. their development. Well, the Eagles aren't starting until the end of the month before they bring their guys in. They have the opportunity two weeks afterwards, but they're waiting until the end of the month, another week after that, to bring guys in. A week after they could bring bring people in, they're waiting a week. So you're not practicing. You haven't brought anyone in. And I'm and Jalen's getting better? Never happened. Never happened. <laughs> Do you know that the Patriots and the Seahawks get fined for excessive practices and staying too long? How many times has Carroll been fined yep. <laughs> for having those long practices? He got fined three hundred grand and some draft choices. Same thing with the Patriots. Yep. Barrett, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, bro. They're not. They're, they're not trying to get better. Well, at this point, you know, they're saying that all right, we're good with what we have. We're, we're, we're confident in Jalen can make these guys better. Um, we don't need any outside. And we'll say, after we get through with this, we'll say we told you so. Okay, wait, wait. Maybe maybe up here. Am I just being too old with this that you and me had to practice three hours a day? We had all those – all them freaking camps. I mean, it, 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 Barrett, it, it, I thought it was too excessive – um, when I was younger, doing three-a-days, you know, for training camp and all that. Right, I, right, I right. thought that was excessive. I did. But – and we were there for three months. Am I just being old man, get off my lawn stuff here when you don't have OTAs? You well, they can't do that anymore for one. They can't do you that can anymore. You can show up when you, if you feel like it. You really right. don't have to. Right. 
I got to get Jimmy Johnson on, man, because let me tell you this. If he had – he used to do this. It's not a mandatory OTA or minicamp. Right. <laughs> but guarantee you, he kept score who didn't show. Oh, no question about that. It, it, and if, if as, a, as a young player, you think, all right, selective veterans, rookies and selective veterans better be there. Like if you don't, if you have a C on your on your jersey, you're not a captain, or you're not, a, you know, one of those high dollar guys. You better have your ass there. You know what I'm saying? Getting better, trying to get better. Now I will say this: probably 97 percent of the team will be there, but just because you put mandatory on it, guys are gonna think differently. No, they want to want it. They want to get better. They want to get better. Like it or not, it's not really an off season. You have to be trying to 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 to, to prepare your body, get your body out. Without these reps, without these guys practicing together, how are they supposed to build this cohesiveness, this chemistry that you see other teams have? When you could just throw it up in the air and know that 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 you know Chase is gonna run up under it. You know he's gonna be there because you've been through all these countless reps and you know where he's gonna be. You know, Devontae. He would have been good for the Eagles. Parker Parker would have been good for the Eagles because he's number one. He's a big guy. He's a he's a he's a receiver that could, you know, have some veteran leadership. That's that was the biggest thing where I, reason why I wanted him in the in the locker room. Not necessarily he's gonna blow everything up and he's gonna be the end all cure all, but he's a veteran presence inside that locker room who's been through some stuff that can help this young quarterback. Let me let me let me let me tell you um a little inside stuff about Brady. I know some folks, I know, I know a lot of folks inside the Bucks organization. So when there's no minicamp or no OTAs, Brady goes over to Tampa Catholic and he gets Gronk. He gets Mike Evans when Godwin was healthy. All the receivers and all the tight ends and all the running backs would meet there three times a week. And Brady's throwing for two hours to these guys on their own dime, on their own time. They're getting together doing that. Jalen's in Southern California right now because that's where Tom House's operation is. It's in Southern California. He's not with his guys. You think Jalen Rager is getting better? Jalen Rager has the same kind of capacity of wanting to get better as Ben Simmons did. <laughs> okay? He doesn't want to get better because he doesn't see it as his him being the issue. He sees Jalen and Sirianni as the issue. You know that, Barrett. When a guy has an ego like that, he's looking for excuses instead of looking for the blame of himself. He doesn't see it as him. He sees it as a guy that, without a doubt for him, it's all on him. Okay? No, Xander, I don't think he knows he blows. Because when you're a (laughs) top-flight athlete like that, you 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 immediately go to this card. Well, it's the other guy. Oh, uh, watch this. Hey, we're getting killed on the line of scrimmage. It ain't me. It's the guy next to me. Okay, <laughs> we're not getting to the rush. Hey, man, I'm pressuring the quarterback. Ain't I? You all of a sudden start grabbing preservers, right, Barrett? I mean, watch this. You guys give up eight sacks in that one game in that Steeler game. Okay, man, everyone. Hey, you're all boys. But you know what starts happening? That eye in the sky starts focusing on everybody, and you start grabbing a life preserver because 
end of the day, you're trying to protect that one 47 chairs in the room. You got to protect that 47 chair because guess what? They may pull that chair from out from you. And I'll tell you, in that room with a bunch of alphas like that, man, people are going for your chair all the time. You don't just go, it's, it's me. You don't put it on you like that right away. The time when that happens is when you get cut. Well, you know what? I, I, I think more so you, you have guys that, that are accountable, man. Like I played with organizations that it was, I've seen some guys, I've, I've seen some finger pointing get, you know, get, get, when I was under Davis, Bush Davis, even the coaches were pointing fingers. Oh, well, this guy isn't doing it. You know, it's not my fault. I told him what to do. That's, that's the organization he had with Cleveland when I went to, uh, when I went to Detroit was a little bit of finger pointing, but you know, with, with another one of your guys, Coach Ross, <laughs> bro, what the hell, man? No, no, listen, you know what happens when, when, Bear, you know what happens when you're guys like those guys, like Butch and 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 Bobby Ross, when you've experienced tremendous success, it's like the players. You start right. doing this, ain't me. It's got to be these it can't guys. Be me, Before yeah. you know it. You're doing exactly what you're telling your players not to do is point fingers. Right. You start pointing fingers at the players. The players look back at you and go, hey, man, screw you, college boy. What are you yep. talking about, man? You don't know shit about the NFL. That's what happened with Butch, too. Butch had so much success with the Canes and the Cowboys. When he got to Cleveland, he assumed that that was his way was the right way, and he didn't go to you and go, hey, I got to be honest with you. I want to bring my boy in. Um, and, and, and they, and they start lying. That's what happens to God. That's my opinion. Maybe you think it different. I don't know. Well, no, it's, 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 it's exactly that, man. You, you, you can't do that, man. See, I was never one to, all right, something happening and something going wrong. I'm going to keep my head down and I'm going to go out there and work harder. That's why if, you played 12 years. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm like, it's, if, if it's not going wrong, I mean, everything's going wrong around me. I'm going to focus on getting my game. I'm going to take care of my intangibles. There's certain things that I could take care of that nobody else could take care of. Number one, I can know how good a shape I'm in, if I'm in great shape or not. You know, So I'm going to make sure I'm in great shape. Number two, I'm going to make sure that I know that playbook inside out. And number three, I'm going to make sure I'm accountable for what I do every single play. I'm going to exhaust myself on every single play. That way they know they put me in there from the last gun that I'm going 100% effort every time I'm on that field. I hate you because you figured <laughs> it out way sooner than I did. I was a numb nuts. Bro, you, 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 dude, that is such a professional way of playing in the NFL, and it makes me want to bang my head against the floor <laughs> because that's what stopped me. And that's what I see with a lot of these kids. You see, you know what the great thing about you and me is? You come from the angle of exactly what it took to stay. I come from the angle of exactly what it took not to stay. And I know that. And so that's why we give you the perspective here. Dude, you got to be a pro when you walk into that door before you even get your freaking helmet. You got to start acting like a pro. You were accountable for everything. Instead of looking, well, bucks suck. Coach hates me. Freaking hated here. I come from a winning program. Come into a loot man. I know that had anything to do with playing in the NFL. Right. Nothing. Had nothing to do with that. All right. So Jalen Hurts is now doing some. 
he's doing some recruiting. I wanna I wanna hit on this when we come back out of the timeout because I'm getting a lot of comments um, on my fa- on my Facebook and also over on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show. I want to get your thoughts on the quarterback reaching out to a certain player to try to get a conversation going with Howie. We'll do that. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio. Back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. The middle, Barrett Brooks, Dan Cilio. We got tonight's um, national championship game, Kansas or UNC. Oh, that's tough, man. I mean, I, I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with UNC simply because I can never go with the Jayhawks, bro. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's right. Patrol. Yeah. So I, I mean, I can never go with them, man. No, They're gonna man. win it tonight. I think so. I think so. Kansas you know is gonna win it. So I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to watching the game, though, man. I can't hey, how about this with North Carolina ending Coach K's run? So the first loss in his career was at the hands of UNC. His final <laughs> game loss was to UNC at Cameron Indoor and his final loss was to UNC in the final four. 
That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Damn. Poetic justice in it. Yeah, man. I mean, so UNC handed his first loss, his last loss, and last game at uh, Cameron Indoor, and then he gets beat in the finals. I mean, you know, the conversation will always go like this. Is he better than Wooden? Um, Wooden has 10 national championships, I think, K. Um, hey, how about this? And it ended 50-50 versus them, too. So it was like UNC versus Duke. That's pretty crazy as well. Um, yeah, it is. It, coach K, the most influential um, college basketball coach since John Wooden. And maybe do you look at him as the greatest coach, most appearances, more than Wooden. Wouldn't win those 10 national titles. You know, you only had to get – I think you only had to win four games to win the national championship back in John Wooden's day. You know, people go, well, he had he had Kareem and he had, you know, Bill Walton. Yeah, but he won five without those guys too. Right. And so, I don't, I mean, probably if you had to pick a coach, you'd probably say Coach K again. He was – his mentor was Bobby Knight. Who I can't stand. Like, <laughs> I, I, I asked John Wooden if back in the day, because I used, you know, what used to be really cool about my conversations with Coach Wooden. And what makes it even better, my relationship with him. Oh my God, Barrett, the ultimate F up in my broadcasting career was with Coach Wooden. What what happened? Oh, dude. So the national championship game was held in Tampa. And Coach Wooden gets on the air. We start talking. We built up this really great relationship. Well, Coach, um, I hope you have a really great time with you and your wife and you and your family. My wife passed away two years ago. Oh. Oh. You know what he did? What? The next week when he got home, he sent me and my wife kids' books signed by him because he wrote children's books at the end for my little baby girl, Danielle. And we got, you know, I treasure these books. There's a whole collection of them. And he goes, here's my personal number. I know that that must, I go, coach, it's the worst mistake of my entire career. I said, I'm so sorry. I admire you so much. He sent me a signed copy of his, um, the pyramid book. And I just said, damn, he goes, you call me anytime you want. And every time I would call his, he had an office. UCLA kept uh, an office for him at Pauley. And every Same time I call, Snyder too. Yep. Every time, I, every time they call, really, yep. Bill's got one there, right? Yep, he's got one there. And uh, every time you called his office, hello, Coach Wooden, and you're like, and you pause because you're like, okay, really? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, really? And and so like, I just would listen to him talking to me, and I asked him one time. Would you ever send your kid to play for Bobby Knight? He goes like this, no. And I go, why? He goes, because I don't think you have to be like that to coach a kid. I think you have to teach kids. Yep. Bobby Knight's a coach. I'm a teacher. And I always said, you know how he began his practice every year? It was the first thing they did. New What's group that? every year. Nothing basketball. He, he, had, he had it where you put your socks on. And he would get all of his team, and they would put their socks on together the same way. He didn't want you to put one sock on, then your shoe on. He wanted you to everybody to put their socks on one way. And some would probably say, "Well, it's stupid." It's, but actually, when you think about it, 
it, it's about fundamentals doing everything the right way together. And so he's, he, he wanted you to know that, hey, we're going to do everything together. We're going to eat together. We're going to battle together. We're going to practice together. John Wooden had, a, had, had these cards, Barrett. I saw these cards because I had a chance of being, um, you know, sit down with him numerous times. He had these cards. 315, we're going to do pick and roll drill. 345, we'll do our shuttle drills. 430, and you know what he did? He had those same cards, whether it be versus Washington in the first game of the season or versus Kentucky at the, other, at the end of the year. He never deviated off that stuff. When everybody showed up, they knew exactly what was expected of him. He never hollered. He never raised his voice. You couldn't have long hair. And this was during the time of the 60s. And he had people like Jabbar on his team who were like very, you know, involved in community activism. And all through that time, they still won national titles. So coach to me, he's my favorite coach. One of my favorite coaches of all time is John Wooden. Well, Dan, it just goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. You look at uh, the Eagles and them not going in to, to, you know, have a mandatory minicamp or, you know, those guys not, you know, made to come in. I mean, that's that's where you build that team building. You know what I'm saying? Well, I you know, I'm not in the locker room. I'm just going by what I know and what was, you know, you know, tested through me, what I had to do. All I did was play 12 years and win a Super Bowl. So what do I know? You know what, <laughs> what do I know? You know, but I, I just know if if, if, it, if it was my team, I would try to maximize every point, every time I could get. And, and it has nothing – it won't always have anything to do with physical aspect of it. But it might just be the emotional attachments that I create if I have guys around. The more time you spend in the building, the more time you're around each other, the more time you get to know everybody. You know what I'm saying? I know it's a time that, you know, all right, you want to give – I, I give them that time. But to start off, I got to get this foundation laid down first. That means they only get a week before they're practicing until the rookies come in. The rookies come in a, a week later. You could have up to two and a half weeks of time with the veterans already before the rookies even get there. Barrett, you know this already now, what you just said. You hear what he just said? The Eagles are not a close team. Mm. Because here, every successful team that you've been on, would you say that you were close and you guys, you didn't have to go out to dinner every night, but would you say that those teams had a special bond with each other, especially your Super Bowl team? Would you say that there oh, was no a special bond that. with there's that no team? no question about that. I mean, the guys were always around. When we went out, we went out together. We went to go eat, we went to go eat. I mean, team, I mean, the entire team. And, and it wasn't just the clicks, you know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes, you know, of course the offensive line has their click. They're going to go out together. We're going to go out to eat together. But everybody would go out. You know, the quarterback is hanging out with the defensive backs and, and, and the linebackers and offensive linemen with, with – with, with, I mean, even so far as Jeff Reed, our kicker, we even went out with him. You know what I'm saying? Guys were so tight. I, I told guys before – we would be out in practice, and we would go, be going so hard in practice that the head coach would have to tell us, hey, you guys, hey, chill out, or we're taking it in. And one time, you know, we, we're going out there, we're bumping it, we're hitting each other hard. He said, guys, I can't risk it. You guys are going to get hurt. Take it to the house. You know, take it in. So everybody walked in. Ten minutes after we walked in, the entire team went right back outside, and we started practicing. They, then the coaches came out. 
uh, to, you know, to finish practice up. You know, that's the type of camaraderie and tightness we had. And that year is the year we uh, we went to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? The year we, we won the Super Bowl. How about this? You know, and I, and I use my Hall of Fame coach because one thing I can tell you about my coach versus any other coach that has played or coached or coached in college or coached in the pros, the one thing my coach has done, he's built championships at the college level and he's built Super Bowl champions at the NFL level. That's the one thing that I can say about Jimmy Johnson is that Jimmy was a Hall of Famer at both levels. Yeah. He, yeah. Nick Saban failed. Yep. Jimmy won two and was responsible for three Super Bowls. Think of that for a minute. And right. a championship <laughs> in college. And you know what he would do sometimes? Because, you know, he would see that he would be working our asses off, working our asses off, either with the Cowboys or with, or with the Canes. You know what he would do? We would stop. The next day you'd see something, meet you all at the beach. We have a game of volleyball. And we're sitting there for two hours playing volleyball there on South Beach. We're out there just the whole team playing volleyball, set up three nets. We're out there playing. Sometimes it's positions versus positions, O-line versus D-line. Sometimes it's um, the offense versus the defense. We would play a game out there and get this back in the day too. You know, you're, you have food out there. You have drinks out there. It's all fun. You're sitting out there. And then the next day, your ass is back to the grind again. But you know what it was? It was building a bondness together that you had with each other, knowing, hey, look, man, if you guys – Work your asses off. You work so hard. I'm gonna reward you also to know this that you're gonna be. We're gonna. One, sometimes we'd go to a movie. Sometimes we would go and we would go on a boat trip. We would. He would stop practice. We went on a fishing trip. Now we did the same thing. We went on a fishing trip. You know. We would do all these things together. And when you're telling me that Sirianni doesn't want to team together because of whatever, how about this then? Why don't you guys play a game of bridge? Why don't you guys play a game of hopscotch? Why don't you guys play a game of darts? Do something together then that doesn't have to be physical. Nobody said, Nick, that you had to bring your team together and go out there and get anybody hurt. If you feel that way, you said it, man. The team bonding, okay, in the offseason – is how you formulate your identity of your football team, Barry. Right now, see that's the that's the info, Stephen uh, Bassetti. No game information there. Well, hey, I guess you've been in the locker room. You've been in a Super Bowl locker room. I guess you've you've understood where to go out there and have two a days and everything else. See, this is the information you're not getting from everybody. This is information that team building is involved with. Now, I'm not in that locker room. But I know a lot of people in that locker room. There's a lot of people I talk to in that locker room. So. When you say there's not a lot of information here, there is information here. You, you know, you, know but, but, but wait a minute, wait a minute, Barrett. That's why he's in the stands. Right. <laughs> okay, it's okay because you know why? The, most fans think it's about kissing cheerleaders and cashing paychecks. This team, from what you're telling me, you're not having OTAs and you can show up when you feel like it. You're not a close team. The offensive line. You know what's funny? I just realized this. Tell me if you disagree, Barrett. Isn't it funny that the most cohesive group on the Eagles is the old line, and it's the most productive group in the Eagle locker room? Yep. They were number one, and they're a close-knit group, would you say? Yep, absolutely. The rest of that team is not. And that's why the Eagles are one-dimensional. You think those wide receivers – 
when you got a quarterback halfway 3,000 miles across the country working out with Tom House, and the rest of your guys are, I don't know, eating cheese doodles or something. I don't know what they're doing. Um, you don't even have Gardner Mitchell thrown to him. Well, look at this. How could Same. that be? How could that be a close team? Well, it's, it's, it's just like this. Same thing and make you laugh, make you cry. I'll give you both of it. When you're when you're a tight knit team like that, just a tight knit team, you do everything together inside the locker room. Though. But we also used to get in trouble together, also. You oh, know yes. what I'm saying? Like, you know, I mean, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. When we were doing dirt, we did dirt together. When we were out there practicing hard, we practiced hard together. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how that's why you saw a lot of guys. If you saw guys get in trouble, it was a group of them getting in trouble, not just individuals. Because we didn't have a lot of individuals on our team. You know, one went down, we all went down. So when you say, you know, there's not information there, you, you got to pick through the information. You got to know what's going on. I've been in locker rooms before, and I'm also friends with guys in that locker room. I talk to guys all day, you know, every day about, you know, what's going on, you know, how things are going, you know. I just don't say a lot of it because there's certain stuff that's in a locker room that needs to stay sacred in a locker room. See, you know man. What I'm <laughs> He, you, you, you're killing me because you know these guys are just getting under your skin for a reason. Now you sound like Xander and me. Xander going, "Hey man, Ben Simmons, he really, he really gets under your skin, doesn't he?" <laughs> yeah, well, no, Ben Simmons doesn't because I, I heard in Brooklyn, Barrett, that they got a picture of Ben Simmons's face on a cart, milk carton, and they're passing it around. Have you seen this guy? <laughs> ben Simmons' face. Clear. You know what I would do? I hear he filed a grievance against the Sixers. If I was the Nets, I'd file a grievance against his ass for not showing up. <laughs> Dude, you talk about being a worm. I got one question before we get to the A.J. Brown and the D.K. Metcalf. Do you know there's only three players to gain 16,000 or more yards rushing? Do you know who they are? Uh Three players, uh, Barry, it's uh, Emmett, and um, Frank Gore. It's Emmett, Walter Payton, and Gore. Oh, Sanders okay. is fourth. You know, Frank Gore is third all time in NFL rushing with 16,000. Walter Payton is second with 16,726. And Emmett is first with 18,355. Gore has more rushing yards than Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson, LaDainian Tomlinson. Jerome Bettis, Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett, Jim Brown, Edron James, Marcus Allen, and Franco Harris. You think he's a Hall of Famer? Mm. Not a first ballot. It'll be later. It, it'll almost be like Harold Carmichael. It'll be later on down the line. 16,000 rushing yards. Yeah, but he'll get third. His- He'll get his just due later on. It'll be just like Harold Carmichael. He might get it when he's old and, you know, I mean, can't really reap the benefits of it. But, you know, his numbers dictate that he is. You know, his numbers are saying, yes, you know, you have to put him up there with the great backs because, I mean, he's third most in. in but in he's never yards. been bare. Watch this. When I think of the elite backs in NFL history, I don't. I, his name doesn't jump out at me, and I go, man, this guy's better than Jim Brown. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean this guy's better than Barry. He's third, and he's been able – he played 20 years. It's a longevity deal, and yep. you and me know longevity is also a part of an evaluation. You play that long at that position, man. That 20 years is, at the running back position is, is unheard of. 
unheard of. You know what I'm saying? But consistently getting around, he I mean he for probably what five six years in a row he was averaging a thousand yards a year. You know, I mean Frank was one of those guys as time tested, just a just a battle ram. You mean a battle ram? And 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 he stayed healthy for the most part. He couldn't at Miami. He's signing a one-day contract today with the 49ers, and he's going to retire. He's the 40 – get this. You know he's the 49ers' all-time leading rusher? I can believe that. <laughs> hey, get this. He was in the same backfield on that 01 Miami National Championship team with Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis. Ridiculous. And- Davenport. Uh- Davenport, too. Najee Davenport was yep. also – yeah, Najee. Yeah, Najee I played with Najee Brown. and Green Bay. Did you play with Najee? Yep, in Green Bay. Yep, Did you like him? Yeah, he was good. He was cool. I he's played a, with he's uh, a little Porter also. Dude. Yeah, he's he a little is. weird. Very weird. I played with Porter also. Oh, okay. Clinton Portis. Portis. His name Clinton Portis. His name Clinton. Yeah, Portis. did Clinton Clinton in his outfits? Yeah. <laughs> That's before Clinton he became that. Friend. Before he became that dude. You know, so this is when he was in in Denver. We were in camp together, Denver. You know, Clinton was. You know, it was his rookie year. He was just trying to be quiet and you know and, and go about his game, and that's when they were running off those thousand yard backs. You know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who they put in the backfield. You know what I'm saying? He would run off. He would have a thousand yard from Anderson to yeah. To Mike An- Mike Anderson was like some battle ram for them, and I right. never heard of the guy. Bro, he went to um he went to the, to the youth, but he was a marine. He actually went to the marines. Was a marine, then went back to school, and then got drafted. You know, let's do this guy used to go. He used to have a put like this. He was an old school dude, man. Even though he was young, he would uh he had a convertible vet. And just before he go to practice, he'd go out, you know, 15, 15 minutes before he went to practice, he'd go out and smoke a black and mild. And him and Alex, yeah, so he come out, Alex, Alex, this is for you, Alex. <laughs> Alex Gibbs, the officer line coach. He, he, he did he put it out and go practice. I'm like, how the hell do you do that? No, well, I can't even. I can't even breathe up there, no, anyways. But no he smokes way. a black and mild before practice and goes and practices. I said, man, it's an old school dude. Man. Oh, no doubt, man. And some of them guys, <laughs> old school. You know what I just thought about for a second here? You know what? This is another example of Nick Sirianni not having control of his football team when you're not able to have mandatory camps and you're not able to have structure that you want in the building because how he runs the structure you see how he runs the team like the front office compartmentalized and when you he just assumes think about barrett it's clear now the reason why you don't have all these practices and how he's protecting his guys instead (laughs) of nick's guys this is the prime example of it here a head coach with any kind of autonomy in his locker room, you're going to get your ass out there and practice as much as I legally can, according to the NFL Players Association. I'm going to have you out there to the last second. I'm not going to sit here and debate with my front office and my medical doctors for injuries that haven't happened. I mean, think of that, for instance. The Eagles are preparing. Hey, you know why they got out to that two and five start? It was that shitty preparation that they didn't have this past off season. Yep. When you're canceling two days and practices and shit like that and calling camp, you want to know why you got out to a two and five start? You didn't know anything about your huddle. You don't have the reps. That's why 
He didn't know anything about his team last year, Barrett. He didn't know anything about his team because they hadn't practiced OTAs, mini camps, doing all the bonding and finding out who this and that guy is or that. They're clueless on it. And the only group that has their shit together in the building is the O-line. That's why that team, you can, people, you can sit there all you want from the stands and go, this team's close. No, the seventh, this is where you get in trouble here. This is not the 2017 Eagles. Okay? This is not. This football team is not close like that football team is, and I will hold to that because just the way, Barrett, that they run their offseason tells me all I need to know. Am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, it, it can give you definitely an accurate parameter on, um, you know, how you read what this team is, is – is where they are in their development on which way this team is going. You know what I mean? And, and the reason why, you know, the offensive line is close because of Stoutland. Stoutland has a, a way of doing things. And because he does those things that way, he has guys like Kelsey. He has guys like Lane Johnson who are going to get – Lane Johnson will fly all the guys down to Texas, and all those guys will be working out together. All of them be working out together. They have a big man's camp that they bring all of the guys down and they work out together all the time. That's where they get it. That's why you look at the tackles. All the tackles set the same. Look at the guards. All the guards set the same. Everybody has the same functional mobility um, as far as, you know, what their techniques are because those guys work so much together. Now, I've been a part of teams where, all right, you know, the Steeler team. Yeah, we had, you know, we had um, – you know, great guys, Alan Fanica there. You know, we had Russ Grimm as our coach. Russ Grimm was one of those coaches to say, all right, just get the job done. Okay, original hog. Yeah, he was one of the original hog. Just get the job done. Stoutland approaches things a little different. Stoutland's like, all right, guys, you got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. And he teaches these guys their technique. And that's why they're so good because everybody plays the same. They have the same exact set. They jump the set every single time. All of them play almost like they look like Jason Peters out there. And that's the way he coaches those guys. You know, it's funny. Uh, Dwayne asked, if I an Eagle fan? You know what I've become a fan of? I've become a fan of Eagle fans. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not so sure how the team's being run if I'm a fan of it. But I'm a fan of the fans that have so much passion and knowledge on the team. That's that's. So if you're asking me, I become a fan of you. Even if you disagree with us, I become a fan of you guys because – I love passionate fans. Look, you don't have to agree with us at all, okay? You can have your own opinion. You've been around the team longer than I have. But what I've come to love over the last year is how passionate the fans are. And I'm just telling you, and Barrett's giving you a perspective, that, hey, if you're not practicing and doing reps, why do you, why do you think coaches have us do one play, one play, 17 times in a row? Exactly. So you get it it's right. It's not because they want to run 17 plays in a row. They want you to understand that, hey, it's got to be perfect. We're looking for perfection. Every play, your chin strap, it's your chin strap being snapped. You and me hate that, but it's all about the John Wooden thing. Everybody's chin strap is on. Everybody's mouthpiece is in. Everybody's doing the same thing together. We're all in this together. It keeps everybody's expectations the same, number one. But also, number two, it builds muscle memory. You don't even think about it. It becomes uncomfortable. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Conscious. And when you can do that, when you can play like that, you're not thinking. You're, you're out there executing. You know what I'm saying? You're, you know exactly. Because if you're thinking too much, it slows you down. If you're reactionary, you just do it because it's, 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 it's you know, what you've become and instead of what you're becoming. If it's already what you've become, then you're just doing it naturally. Then you don't have to think about it. Then you can play a lot faster. You know, so that's why people understand you can call you can call a run play. You can call 15 slam. That's a simple inside zone run play. You can call that and run that one play 10 different ways, depending on where the tackles lined up, where the defensive tackles lined up, where the nose guards line up, where the linebacker is, where the ends are. I mean, these guys can move over two inches, and it totally changes the blocking scheme on how you play that play. You have to know those things. You have to run those things in order to get an accurate assessment of what that is. How can you do it if you're not on the field practicing it? Well, you're not seeing it up front and close and personal. It's hard for you to get that if you have to, because it becomes something new to you every time you run the play. So if you haven't seen it before, you get in the game, you haven't seen it before, all right, that's a play in which, all right, I, I didn't know because I hadn't seen it before. I didn't know about it. But if you run it over and over again, you become you, it becomes muscle memory to it, and you go and you think without even, you know, you play without even thinking. And that's when things become a lot easier. The game slows down to you. You know what your your left guard is going to do because your 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 left tackle has seen the same thing in practice, or we've seen it we've seen it in camp. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? It's just getting that chemistry with each other on the field. Guy with the Super Bowl ring knows what he's talking about. That guy over there is Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio. We're reset for our number two, the middle, back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hour two, the metal, Barrett Brooks, Dan Sullio. I think I've developed, Barrett, over the last couple months, an attitude towards the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. I really do because I feel I'm repeating myself over and over again, and that becomes – a little frustrating to me. And maybe, again, I'm in the beginning stages. You know how they say in depression, I'm in the beginning stages where you first have to identify it, then you have to deal with it, then you get – I think I'm in the pissed-off stage now because maybe I'm saying things that you guys already know. And when you're watching it for the first time, well, we're not going to have practice. <laughs> You're not going to have practice. You're not going to add anybody to the team, but you're going to tell me that the team got better. How again? And then you're going to go out with bullshit yourself around the room. And I can't believe that because people want accessibility to the team, they buy into that and bite into that. I'm like, maybe, hey, Barrett, maybe this is one of the reasons why I'm no longer on radio. It's because <laughs> I can't, I, I, I really, it bugs me. And my wife tells me all the time, congratulations, you're right. And but you got fired again, and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I should just stop because I just I look at it and I'm like, so the fundamental thing and what makes a football team great is how much practice those Patriot teams, or how about this? You were at another gold standard team, the Steelers, on how they operated and did business. Okay, really, if you think about it, what Belichick did and the Steelers do. Those are the two gold standard franchises in the NFL today on how to build a successful franchise. Do you not agree? Yep, exactly. Okay. Well, if those guys are doing things completely opposite of what the Eagles are doing, how am I to believe? Oh, I know why. Because of the 17 title. That's right. Right? The, the 2017 title, once again, clouds the issue because you can always turn around and go like this. Hey, okay, those guys do it their way. We do it our way. I can, you know, you know the famous saying, "Hey, well, we, you know, we worry about our team." Do you really? When you're adding Zach Pascal, and by the way, I'm not even saying this for the fans. I'm saying this more for Jalen. You give Jalen Zach Pascal, and the Jets are talking about bringing in DK Metcalf or AJ Brown, and they're looking to get that young quarterback a wide receiver. And you're bringing in a guy that you were buddies with and a coach had to make a sales pitch to the GM to get him in. And you knew he wasn't going to cost that much. 
So Howie probably went, nah, it's all right. No big deal. Can you imagine what sales pitch that Sirianni would have to do for a guy like Metcalf or a guy like A.J. Brown? He'd have to be in that front office every single day making his pitch. Shouldn't it be this? Would Mike Tomlin want something? Mike Tomlin goes and tells Kevin Colbert what he wants. Kevin Colbert tries to make it happen or talk him out of wanting that player. That's the, that's the relationship with Kevin. Kevin explained it to me. I never tell him Mike wants a player. He'll come in and go like this. I'm da, 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 da. I want this guy. Either we'll do our homework, and then what we'll do, we'll go to him and give him the pluses and negatives of this player joining the roster and if he fits in this and that. And if Mike still wants him, remember, if the coach is accountable. Yep. See, that's the problem here. The coach is going to be fired. How he's not. In Pittsburgh, the general manager is there to help the coach because Tomlin's ass is on the line every Sunday. Mm. Every Sunday, Nick Sirianni's ass is on the line with Howie's roster. That's tough, man, because it's a different dynamic. And I stopped thinking like I stopped thinking like this. I stopped thinking like um what a head coach's decision is as a, as far as it pertains to players in this organization is different than every other organization because like I said, Howie has more juice than anybody in the organization. And what he says goes. Wouldn't you think the director of personnel has second? Yeah. So yeah. Sirianni's third on the food chain. Sirianni is, I don't know if he's second. I mean, I don't know if he's third. Um, yeah, well, I, mean, I guess he would be third. Yeah, yeah, he's third. Because you got to go, you got to go. Well, he may be fourth because, he. of course, the owner's number one. Howie's number two. The um, director of player personnel is three. And then you go to uh, – then you go to um, – head coach so when you have your ear in review like we all do when Sirianni sits in front of the owner you've got the GM and the player personnel director in the room with you talking about the direction of the team instead of just the head coach and the owner talking about the team because how he's not going to let him just stand in there with the owner yep and well, talk shit on his players well Dan you got to look at this they don't wait till the end of the year. They're going to meet with him every every. That is unbelievably absurd. Once a week, he gets he has to sit down with uh with the leaders in the in the organization. And, there's and, no and clarity the in that building, there's, Barrett. There's no clarity in that building. No, there's there's plenty of clarity. The clarity okay. is the clarity is I'm telling you what to do. So we we have a focused decision, and this is the this is the way we're going. This is the path we're going. This is the path Howie Roseman's put into place. Now it's up to Nick Sirianni to to execute that plan that's been given to him. Almost an impossible task when you're taking someone else's team because you don't know how your offense, how your defense, how your special teams can be built around some guys you put in there, guys that I wouldn't necessarily put in that position. You now have to take and use that, you know, use those guys in a marathon which works and it's not exactly what you want it and how you want it to work but you have to make it work if i can go out and pick my own groceries 
I can cook a fabulous dinner. But if I'm taking your groceries, I got to make something happen with what you give me. Okay. Well, then here, is this wasted conversation? DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, are we just... I don't know. Are we, are, we, are we just spinning our heels here? Just I don't wishful know. thinking? I don't know. We, we, if, if you notice, I, I'm not talking about going to get. I don't. I don't say anything about going to DK Metcalf. Uh, get DK Metcalf. You know, I, I'm. I'm not. You notice, I don't even get into that. I'm. I'm not going to get into that because I know we're not going to get DK. Waste of time. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it'd be wasted. You know, the precious air we're breathing right now because we're not going to do that. You know, this organization doesn't do things like that. That's a game-changing decision. When you're taking away a first-rounder for a player that's not a quarterback, I don't know how we would necessarily do that, especially with the quarterback that he has right now. And, and the people in the huddle. But I think that if you go out and get a guy like DK, it would help that quarterback because now you open up to – to a more forgiving passing game. Okay, you do me a favor. Let's play a game. You know Howie. He drafted you, correct? Who, Howie? No, no, no. I didn't know. No, uh, uh, what's his name drafted me? Um, Joe uh, Banner? Joe Banner, yeah, Joe Banner. Drafted. Okay, but you played under him in, in the building, right? Yeah, a little bit, I think. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here, and I'm going to play Nick Sirianni here, and you tell me, hey, you know, you know, Jalen's really working hard. He's working with Brady's guy, Tom House. I wish he was here, but albeit he's working on techniques and fundamentals. Okay, it's great. Um, it looks like Seattle has DK on the on the blocks, and Tennessee is listening to the Jets right now. What's our place in this? Do you think that we could maybe get into a conversation where we could bring one of those guys in? I'd like to see a more experienced wide receiver in our group. I'm trying to make a sales pitch here because I guess that's the way it's set up. And that's how Frank told me how I have to approach Howie when it comes to adding personnel to my roster. So I'm taking off of what I've heard from Frank so that I can make this pitch. Because if I was a true head coach, I would just be like this. I want one of those two guys. Yep. But since I have to, and how I got the job, I know that I have to walk in there treading a little bit of ice here um, and going about, the, you know, trying to add someone. Um, where are we in the conversation to potentially get one of these guys? Or are we going to just really just throw everything into the draft? Where are we here, Howie? That's exactly what you have to do. You have to pitch it because they're not going to – he's not going to – He's not going to go get a guy that he doesn't feel that he didn't make the proper, you know, um, put the proper training in as far as him seeing and get it, – it's got to make the eye test to him also. So he'd rather keep Jay Jaw and Rager on the bench, I mean on the starting lineup or in the roster, instead of improving the roster? Hold on, hold on. He doesn't look to me – Bear, the GM doesn't look to me to improve – on his mistakes. Dan. Dan. I don't have to answer that question because the question has already been answered. You saw the roster last year. Did did did, did J-Jar improve from what he did last no. year? All right. So, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about – I'm not going to no, talk about – No, no. You're right. It's a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to talk about, you know, Jalen Rager, you know uh, – 
He's going to be here. He's a first-round pick. He's going to be here. Period. Man, I, can I tell you why? Jay Shaw should be Jay Shaw should be out here because receiver with only two catches for thirty-six yards. We shouldn't even be talking about this guy on a rock. And oh, you give oh, did you see what he did? Remember, he said, "Did you see what he did in practice?" He's going to turn the corner. You see what he did in practice? He went up and and and, and high pointed the ball and blocked the guy out like he was Joel um, Joel Embiid. He he kind of referenced him being a Joel Embiid type of catch because he blocked out the DB in practice to catch a bomb. What? Did he do it in the game? Has he come close to doing it in the game? He's How a Saturday many times did he get talking? He's a Saturday kicker. <laughs> Kicks great on the walkthroughs. You get him on Sunday, guys right. wide ride everywhere. Right? So how do you how do you make I, that evaluation? How 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 can I honestly tell you, hey Dan, this is this is what it is, Dan. How can I give that to you? How can I tell you this is what it is when it's not what it is? It's not. I I I really I mean, I just don't I don't get okay, so they're gonna throw everything here. I the, the other topic was the draft is not going to improve your football team unless you just happen to land on a wide receiver. But that's all under the premise you think you have a franchise quarterback who we're still asking the question two years from him getting an opportunity to start playing. You're still asking. You don't improve by adding a wide receiver to a team that you're not sure this kid's the guy. That's not – and someone goes, I saw somebody say something about the Bengals. You actually think that the Eagles have the same skill set guys of T. Higgins and Jamar Chase? <laughs> uh, you think that those guys in Philly are those guys? You're mis sadly mistaken, and you are pulling a Howie. You're overvaluing the Eagle wideouts. Devontae Smith is decent. Because you have a decent quarterback. If you had an exceptional quarterback, he'd be exceptional. The other two wideouts would be so much light years better. Look at what I say. I keep bringing this point up. Amendola and guys like Edelman, you couldn't put them on another roster. And those guys go out and put up the numbers they put up if you didn't have Tom Brady. If you put Julian Edelman, and you put Amendola on the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts, they would they would look like special teams guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Elite right. quarterbacks elevate the game. Yes. Good quarterbacks win some games. And that's what you have here. Jalen didn't – did he beat a winning record team last year? Did he beat a playoff team last year? No, he didn't. But I'll say this, though. And I keep telling you this, and I keep saying it to you, and um, I, I honestly truly believe this in my heart of hearts that you're going to see a much more improved Jalen Hurts going into next season. He will check a lot of those questions. He'll check the boxes of a lot of those questions we're having right now. But is that still enough? And that's, you know, I think that's where you're coming from. Is that still enough? Is a good quarterback good enough to make guys around him better? We'll have to see because I believe that, you know, Hertz is going to Hertz is not it's not going to be the same Hertz. He will not stay stagnant. This is he going into his third year. 
he will not stay stagnant. He'll be a lot better than he was last. Okay, so then let me ask you this then fundamentally on how you're going to approach the offense then this year. Maybe that's a, a different angle here. So last year, they were a one-dimensional football team and ran the ball to the point where they were the number one, which, by the way, is a phenomenal stat oh, no when question. you're the number one rushing offense in the NFL. That is – that's gold watch stuff where you guys get all watches for doing that because you're beating people up. I get it. And some would say, well, you didn't beat – and, well, you still took apart the, the Saints. And they were the number one rush defense in the NFL going into that week. And you put 248 on them. So, I mean, that was a really great performance. The Denver one, going up to Den all that, great. I, I get it. So then you hear that the owner, Laurie, wants to have a prolific passing attack, and he wants to see this passing game improve. Okay, so are you going to sacrifice then part of the run game to try to improve the passing game? Are you going to then do this? Instead of running the ball, Barrett, 38 times, which to me, that's what that football team needs right now. You need to continue to run the ball because when that guy throws for a lot, he's not accurate, but you're saying he's going to get better. Okay. To get him better then, the Eagles have to throw more. Well, Am I right? You can't first, throw less. First of all, first of all, I'm going to let you know this. They're going to throw the ball starting out next year. To start the year out, the first four games, it's gonna be a pass happy offense. Then they'll be they'll be on four. I'm, I'm just I'm just being honest. I just just from knowing this organization, they're still gonna to try to go back to being a passing offense because that's where the owner wants to be. That's where um how he wants to be. He wants so to you're pass. gonna get a you're gonna go away from your identity and what you do best. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I don't know what I I I'm just being honest and and, and you'll see Hey, show's over for me. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> this time hey, I, I really this, I don't know what else to say. Hold on. This time of September, this time of September, I'm going to come on the, you know, the football show and I'm going to say, "Well, Dan, I'm not a guy that says I told you so. But what are they what are they doing right now? How many pass they're gonna throw the ball 40 times a game, they're gonna run the ball 20 times a game. And you're gonna say, Well, Barrett, you've been you told me this back in, in April. This is gonna happen. I said, I tried to tell you. I tried and, to tell you. And you're gonna improve your passing game with no OTAs and telling guys if they feel like showing up, you can show up and you got a quarterback three thousand miles away. Well, I'm telling you, they, his own game, not with his guys. Ninety-seven percent of the guys will be there, and when they can't come, when they can't come back and practice, he'll come back and he'll be throwing to the guys then. But it's not how many guys wait, are like Brady. So, how many guys so are wait, like Brady? So in minicamp, he's going to get what a hundred throws? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's improving your passing game. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, this you're, is, no, no, no. No, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm. You told me this, but Jalen will get guys together. You know, even Carson did it. Carson is his second year. Carson flew guys out to uh, to 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 North Dakota, eating bison burgers and having a you know having a pass. In fact, Hurts might bring his guys down to Texas 
and they have a catch down there then. I'm just saying this. Bison burgers. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did. Yo, be like, why don't you come down here, man? I'm not going to some place <laughs> where I got to take a crap outside. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I want my places to have indoor plumbing, dude. But we got indoor plumbing in North Dakota. You do, do you? <laughs> if I've got to get my water out of a well, I don't want <laughs> Hey. You know, hey, Big Seals is more of a city guy, man. I, I you know what? I, I don't want to shoot my dinner. <laughs> hey, man, we're gonna go hunting and we're gonna catch our food, and then we go. I don't mind the fishing part. Then we go fishing, but hey, man, yeah, if you got to take a crap, man, make sure you take the paper with you, man. It's out back. You got, I go. I gotta go outside and take a crap in North Dakota. Really? Holy oh man, cow, man. You know, North Dakota was actually. I can't say anything. No, man. <laughs> you trying to paint that thing, man? It was an indoor. That's all I said. I called the game and it was indoor, so I was good with that, man. But I had to walk from the from from the hotel to the indoor, and it was only like three hundred feet. But man, I froze my off for that three hundred feet, man. Getting to the uh, indoor, getting to the stadium, I froze to death, man. I had to walk back after the game. It was two of the worst parts, man. But yeah, man, it was it was. You know, I it was you nice people there. The hotel, all six, seven of you walking in. It was You're so staying cold. here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I did that. That's the coldest I've ever been, man. It was so cold out there, bro. It was, it was in, you know, the sun would be, the sun would be bright and it was still freezing out there, bro. You know what I mean? That day I got there, the sun was out and it was shining and it was probably around seven degrees. Then, yeah. you know, the, the next day we did the game, it was like a snowstorm and wind was blowing like 30 miles an hour, man. It felt like it was cutting you. Man, I like got there, I almost, something like that. Yeah. It was almost, yeah. almost I was like, man, am I gonna be able to do this game? Cause I didn't I didn't really warm up because I got there two hours before. I didn't warm up until an hour and <laughs> in, in like an hour and twenty minutes. I had been inside for an hour and twenty minutes before I really got my my wit about me. Like, all right, Shit, I'm not man, you didn't warm up till you got back to Philly. <laughs> oh my god! a fishing tournament. There we go. See, my cab just logged in, man. Here we go. You need a fishing tournament, bro. We need to have one. We you definitely need. You, have need one. you need like to do it during the summertime. So, because Coach Johnson has a um, he he has a fishing tournament, and he gets all our asses down there to um, Almorada. Of course, you know, he'll fly us all down there, put us up in his hotel he's got down there. Almorada is like where all the boats are, man. The the that's where they build build these all the you know duskies and all those type of boats down there, man. Oh the, man, I, I we my Didi loved we took Didi down to the keys. My my daughter, um, she snorkeled down there, she went down there, she swam with like dolphins and shit like that. They parasailed. Parasailing is awesome. My my daughter and my wife parasailed when they went down to the Keys, and we ate it. Jimmy's got a great restaurant down there, and dude, you got a fishing tournament, man. They go out there, and I guess they catch tuna, right? And hey, I mean Barrett, these big freaking tunas, dude. I mean, like thirty pound tunas, <laughs> right? And it's good eating, right? Yes, it is. I mean, you, you eat them right up. You just have to make some uh, make some stuff right there on the deck. As soon as you catch it, you can. I mean, I didn't, I didn't eat the heart, man, because, you know, some guys, when they catch it, they eat the heart. I'm not eating the heart, bro. Not oh, hold on here. Come on, Captain. I'm not dogging you. No, no, no. Captain, we need to have 
a a Barrett Brooks fishing t- um, tournament. Okay, he's going down April twentieth. Hey man, I'll hook you up down there at Jimmy's restaurant. I'll hook you up with some grub with your family if you're going down there. It's a really great place, man. The fritters are great. Try them. You know, I, I, my birthday's May fifth, man, and I'm thinking about going down there. Here's John Barrett. Barrett and Sills, please explain to, to me how Hertz is supposed to become a better quarterback passing to wide receivers that have one TD in <laughs> four years. <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, John. I don't want to get frustrated because I, I took my mind off it with fishing a little bit. So I'm going to throw that back to Barrett. Yeah, Barrett, how is he supposed to get better with a guy with one touchdown in four years? Um. Bro, I, like I said, <laughs> forget it, forget it. You don't have to, man. Nah, nah man, I, I'm I'm trying, bro. I I'm saying he's gonna get better. He will get better. He will get drastically better from a technique standpoint, from a fundamental standpoint. You Are know? you listening? He will. He will. How is he supposed to do that with no training camp? Right. Well. All right. Okay. Um. Well, Howie Rose, Howie Roseman's gonna. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, realistically, you know, it, it's 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 definitely a concern. I didn't mean of to mine. throw you off like that. <laughs> it, it's, it's a concern. It's a concern of mine also. How do you get a? How does it? How does a team get better when they're not around each other as much as they can be? You can optimize all the time you can, but if you choose not to, then you're not getting better. You know, with the with the with the time that you have, you got to manage time. You got to. Take advantage of all the time you can get. And like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be on the field practicing while you're there, but just being around each other. You know what I'm saying? Team building stuff. Be in a classroom. Learn, you know, your playbook. I mean, just be in the building, and that helps you. But to not have a mandatory camp, man, it just doesn't make sense to me. In fact, it shouldn't make sense to anybody that you can get better through osmosis. You can't. You can't. Can. Yeah, you know what? People will go, well, what about the pandemic and how Brady handled the Buccaneers? He went out and did illegal stuff. He went out and was throwing on the field. Thank you. He went over to Tampa Catholic and had his guys during a pandemic, which he probably should have been fined for. Yep. <laughs> and he's out there throwing to his guys because he knew he needed it. You think those guys were doing it all on Zoom calls? Right, <laughs> you think exactly. they won that Super Bowl over Zoom calls? Come on, man. What's, what's hey, the, Barrett, um, that's a great idea, though, man. Have a pod, a fishing podcast. Oh, we're, we're, we're doing that. We're, gonna, we're definitely going to do that. A yeah, fishing Ken, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, can you imagine? I'm telling you, bro. You'll see where my real talent is as far as fishing. You know I thought your real talent was welding. That, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We got to take a time out here. Barrett Brooks, Dan Silio. Here on the middle, back at three.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back to the middle. Derek Brooks, Dan Cilio. NZ Philly, negative Dan, classic. <laughs> well, wait a minute here. I did a little bit more added on to that Whiteside. So Whiteside's got one TD in four years. Is that what he said? Yeah, well, three years. He's got three touchdowns in two years. So between those two dudes, they got four touchdowns. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I'm done, man. I mean – I don't know what else to say to you, man. I mean, there's not much to really, quite frankly, there's really nothing to evaluate on that. You and me would do this. I'll tell you, I know now why I'm pissed off. You know, I had, I had like 30 tackles from a nose guard position and I got cut because they said I wasn't productive enough. I saw a guy like Fletcher Cox show up on a stat sheet last year, four times. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't know. Do you have to be good this today in football to keep your job, or is it really because the front offices now? Well, are you know, the, control. And and um, I just um, I, I I had you know somebody on the stream said, well, you know, we were talking about the locker room. We said Barrett, you know, it's not the same guys that are in the locker room as it were before. It's not the same locker room before. Yes, you're absolutely right because we were held accountable for stuff when I was in the league. Now, if you get drafted and to keep the, you know, keep from getting egg on, you know, the front office's face, they'll keep you around. Whether, you, whether you're good or not, whether you become good or not, 
they'll keep you around. They'll try to exhaust every option they can with having you on the team. So you, they'll give you every opportunity to be productive. Some guys get it. Some guys don't. Some guys take advantage of it. Some guys won't. You look at um, Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham was um, his first couple of years, he was injured and he wasn't put in the right system to use his talent. So everybody believes he's going to be a, everybody's going to be a Brandon Graham type of draft pick. Well, eventually they put Brandon in a great position. He learned how to be a pro and he, you know, he's been lights out ever since then. You know, he's been the heartbeat of the defensive line. He's a the guy they look to to always create pressure. He's done all of that. But how many guys are really like that? How many guys do that? You know what I mean? So, man, I just, I, I, the accountability nowadays, like you said, Barrett, I mean, this is the shift in the new coaches, this Kevin Stefanski's, the Sirianni's, the Brandon Staley's, where, the front office has way more say and not just the personnel that the coach has, but the way they're used, their playing time. You have to work, man. It used to right? good. A, a Barrett. I didn't know the general manager's name. When I first got into broadcasting, they were never, they were seen and not heard. Right. Those exactly. DMs. You didn't know who they are. Now, they are front and center. Maybe Jerry Jones changed that because Jones, the owner, you know, he's always he's got a, how many, how many places do you know? And here's a great example with Dallas. How many places do you know where the general manager has a weekly show on the radio? <laughs> well, this is because he's the owner, though. That you know, that's that's you know, he's the yeah, owner. Yeah, but the owner's talking about personnel decisions that undermines a coach, maybe right, right on Sundays. Right. Anything that watch this. Anything that coach says on Monday, he's got to go down the line with it and convey that to his team instead of him having his money. Usually, right, I don't know how it worked in Pittsburgh and Philly, but Mondays you walk in and uh, Ray Perkins would sit there and we'd have an 8 o'clock meeting and it'd be a short because Tuesday's player's day off. Then we'd come back, we have our 8 o'clock meetings, then we break off into our uh, groups, D-line, O-line, then you probably come together, you have a defensive meeting, then you have a special teams meeting, then you go out and practice. Yep. And all, all uh, th that's how it went on. And the coach was constantly talking with you. Shit, the owner, man, has a, has a radio show. Ah, we sucked. Ah, we, we're not good <laughs> here. Hey, we need to be better here. Hey, my head coach sucks. I'd be like, man. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, th th and then Howie, here, watch this. Here's Howie. Got to have the binoculars. They should have. They should have binocular night at Lincoln Financial. So, like when you, you, everyone should just look at Whiteside and Rager and go like this. Hey, Howie, I got my binoculars on. Somehow, I only I can't see out of both of them. Four touchdowns between both of them over the last four years. <laughs> and your quarterback's going to get better. Hey, by the way, will you do me a favor? How many has um? How many has Zach Pascal had? How many touchdowns? All right, let me look it up, see. Okay, so Whiteside has one in four years. Jalen Rager has three in two years. There's four TDs between two players. How many touchdowns does Zach Pascal have? Uh, over since 2018, Zach Pascal has – oh, he has 15 touchdowns. Oh, wow. He had three last year, 
2020, he had five. 2019, he had five. 2018, he had Shit. Two. So three touchdowns last year. He had So uh, he had as many touchdowns as Jalen Rager has had in his two years. Right, right, right. And he then, is uh, an upgrade. Last year, he had 38 receptions for 384 yards. Is that more than what um, Rager had? Rager had uh, – hmm. let me look over it again. So he's Jalen Rager, Zach Pascal. Okay. Well, that's what that's what everybody's been screaming. That's exactly what everybody's been screaming. So I mean, if if, if you want to improve, but you go out and get what you already have. So you know, Jalen Rager had thirty three receptions for two hundred ninety nine yards. Oh, almost got to four hundred. Two touchdowns. Damn, no, it's no, that bone. Hey. No. Almost got 300. He had 299, not 300, 299 yards. Jalen Rager had 299 receptions, no. reception yards last year? Yeah, 299 reception yards. He had he had 13 receptions. No, no, he. I'm sorry. He had 33 receptions. 30, 33 receptions for 299 yards was an average of 9.1 yards a catch, two touchdowns. Okay, so let me, let me add this. Uh, he had 299 overs. He started 17 games? Yes. No, sorry. They say 13. But 13. Okay, fine. That's all right. With me. He's supposed to be a starter. You know what I'm saying? He's averaging 23 yards a game. It's more than what I thought. <laughs> Pascal. Damn, man. He missed that 300-yard bonus by one yard. Shit. Hey, folks, just, just for shits and giggles, there's no 300-yard receiving bonus like ever unless you're playing arena football. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Barrett. This is well, really getting comical. Pascal had hey, this is getting 13 comical. games. What? Pascal started uh, 13 games also, and he had 38 receptions for 384 yards. So his average would be a little bit better. Oh, yeah. 29.5. <laughs> this is comical. <sighs> this is all about the draft, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Okay. It's always okay. It's all about the draft. Has it always been? No, because they they go out and get free agents. It's never about the draft. Why? What? What? Why this year? The pause. Um, because they, they have three first rounders. Because they got three first rounders. Three first round. Oh, so they did. They were afraid to give up what they have right now in the treasure chest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Three first rounders can be epic. Can be can can be a a, a franchise altering draft for them. I mean, it could be. Yeah, if but you here, okay, draft. you're right. It could be to be. Watch this, folks. To be positive, absolutely. So let's take a look at. <laughs> that was you see, see, you was being positive then. There you go. You being positive. Bro. Watch this, Derek <laughs> Barnett. Two sacks last year. Four sacks in 25 games. Jalen Rager. Um, what's that kid, Dylan? Yeah, Andre Dillard. Okay, Dillard, right. Tackle, Aren't yeah. those three first-rounders? Yep. How do you do on them? Um, and you got three this year, so I'm supposed to be confident that he's going to nail it. <laughs> <laughs> because and with his <laughs> – <and with laughs> 
Hey, all right. all right. Hey, man, you know what? I'm going to be positive. Hey, no, he's going to turn this thing around here. Well, I mean, looking at the, just looking at Andre Dillard, you know, because he's been an afterthought because you paid, you know, you paid, um, you know, your left tackle, you know, 50-something million, 60-something million, rather. And you got him in the seventh round. Yeah, you got him in the seventh round. So that worked. But, you know, he could be a serious trade piece in this draft. Who? Andre Dillard. You think he's good? I think he's a very serviceable. He could be um, uh, somebody's left tackle for a long time. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I think. How he's... about the kid Isaac? Sam Malo's good, also. Yes, Isaac Sam Malo. He's he's the up and coming center. He he'll be the center when Kelsey leaves. He'll be the starting center. You know what's crazy? The best coach on the coaching staff has the best eye for talent. Yeah. He definitely does. Because why would you go in the sixth round and go get an undersized center from the Cincinnati Bearcats? Why would you he do wouldn't. that? Well, he did. And it happens to be this guy would probably be a Hall of Famer. Oh, yes. <laughs> Kelsey yeah. will probably be a Hall of Famer. Probably I mean, first ballot. Yep. So he 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 virtually uh he virtually took somebody that shouldn't be playing. Shouldn't even, he's not even big enough to play and made him a player. He took a guy that's, you know, never played football before, made him a player. He's had a perennial uh, Pro Bowl left tackle uh, for the past, you know, he had for like almost 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Made him, you know, a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, he's definitely coached guys at a high level. He's taken Lane Johnson and made him a Pro Bowler. So he has he has the workings to be the best coach ever uh in in, in this Eagles organization. Do you think Steb you, you think Stebnowski and Jason Kelsey, do you think those kind of are comparable? Because Stebnowski was an undersized center. He was a guard Rest- at Pitt, yep. but he was too small, too short to play the guard position. So Jimmy and them moved him over to the center position. And you can be kind of short at that position because yep. traditionally the guys inside aren't guys like Jordan Davis. I mean, th- those are like anomaly guys because most of those – I mean, look at Aaron Donald. He's six foot 275, 280. Yep. I mean, most of those guys would, – would you not say, Barrett, that most of the time when you played against defensive tackles, you were playing against guys that were shorter than you? Well, yeah, but you have shorter guys on the offensive side of the ball in the inside because you don't want your quarterback trying to look over top of him. That's true. Okay. So, yeah, so a guy like Stepnowski, you have him because you can play with guys that are small at center position because you can hide them. You can set up a double team, and that's what makes Kelsey so good. Kelsey will change the blocking scheme of a play to benefit him, to keep him from getting bulldozed, and to make the play work. He'll change it up himself. Like it'll be an outside, it'll be an inside zone, and he'll he'll call a you know a down block with the front side guard on the three on the one technique because he can't get a good angle on him. He'll call him down and then he'll pull around him and get up in the lane to get to the linebacker so the play will work. You don't necessarily do that, but he he's smart enough and has the autonomy. The coach trusts him enough that he can call that that center. I mean, he call that guard down. Hey. Let me get a uh, let me get an X block here. So the guard will go pull down, I mean, uh, block down, and hit that and pin that three technique in the inside, and he'll pull around him and lead up to that Mike linebacker because neither one of them will be able to get to that linebacker anyways if they just try to scoop block it. But instead, they call that that um that um 
that slip and get up on him. You can't slip him because he's the linebacker's too far. But okay. if you block down, and that creates a void. When you block down right there, it cuts off that guy from flowing over the top, and then you pull around, you can get up on him then. So, you know, he, he's he's that type of player. <coughs> Samuel goes like this. Silly, you know, deep down's a Cowboy fan. You want me to put that to bed? Here, watch this, Samuel. Dallas Cowboys will never win a Super Bowl as long as Jerry Jones owns the team. <laughs> does that end it? <laughs> oh, hey, does that end it? They'll never win when you have that kind of meddling. Never. That's what we're kind of, Samuel, that's what we're kind of saying here is that there's so many speed bumps, Barrett, to get to the finish line. Aren't you trying to take, here, just the simplest things of getting the team together. Just the simplest things on communication with the coach and the GM it's backwards a little bit and it's there's there's too many there's too many like holes in the road and there's too many landmines that you have to jump over okay yep and you're trying to take all of those out no 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 you you want you want a super bowl yeah but no this jimmy johnson won no super bowl cuz you've never been able to duplicate it again if jerry's such a great how about this uh, Barrett, if Jerry is such a great evaluator of talent and a great general manager, and he takes credit for those three Super Bowls, well, why hasn't he done it again? Ozzie right. Newsom could. Exactly. Ozzie Newsom did it in Baltimore. If you're a really great general manager, you got a system that wins all the time. Ozzie, look at look at Ozzie Newsom out the door too. Guess what he did? Hey, Steve Biscotti, here's my parting gift, Lamar Jackson. How you doing? <laughs> I'll leave him. I'll leave. I'll leave you with another former MVP of the league. Now, Just that's you. how you draft and build a roster. That's a how gift. you're talking about being a champion. Oh, I know. See, man, Howie's going to have that. Howie won the Super Bowl. They should, like I told you this before, they should just put instead of where it says Eagles Super Bowl champs, it's just to say Howie Roseman Super Bowl champs. They should take the eagle name off it and put Howie Roseman's name on all them rings. Oh my goodness, he wouldn't have a problem with that. He probably, oh, oh, you're joking. Oh, you, you made it funny. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, get, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. You know that sounds funny. Maybe I bet you on his ring, personal ring. It says, "I did it." <laughs> <laughs> Screw well, the man. players. I did it. Well, me. <laughs> They won it, man. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I can remember that year, man. It was it was crazy how the year just fell into place. Talking about luck, it was it was a gang of luck um, that they won it. But, you know, I mean, they still won it. I mean, you name it, went wrong, and they were still able to win a Super Bowl. So, you have to say it's a testament to him bringing in players because a lot of those players were hurt. There were major players. like Did he bring Foles in? Yes. Yes. No, he didn't draft Foles the first. He didn't draft Foles, but he did bring Foles in. Okay. The second time. How much did you how how much do you give him credit for that Super Bowl? Wait, how about that? Let me ask you a better question. After the Eagles won that Super Bowl, did you think he was going to start taking more victory laps? Did you meet did you know immediately he would start taking the oh, yeah. victory laps? I, it was a bunch of I told you shows. It was a bunch of I told you. On, on camera, I told you so. 
Hey, and get this. And he's shutting all the Philly media guys up because they're yes. talking shit on him, right? Yeah. And he's just, hey, we want it. What can you yeah. say now to me? You know what's funny? I remember like the um, I remember the parade, and I remember all them guys talking shit to the media. I do, I do remember look at us now. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it was a lot of that look at us now, right? Yep, yep. You know, you know, that's what that's kind of what Kelsey's whole speech was, you know. Lane Johnson couldn't stay off the juice. You know, I mean, that's just, that's what his, you know, that was his epic speech was about the naysayers saying, look, you, we won't be able to do it. And, you okay. know, I was right there with him. You know, how he, you know, after, after the Super Bowl, you know, I remember him going to the D gun and saying, see, I told you. <laughs> how about this, man? How do you go from winning 13 games to winning four games in four years, though? Uh, well, Doesn't that tell you a little bit about the structure and the cement that cracked right after? No, because for two years after that, they went to the super, uh, they went to uh, the playoffs, not Super Bowl, they went to the playoffs. I thought there was years. a two year window for that team. I, yeah, like I said, and I'll hold and Barrett, I told you this if Jeffries catches that pass in New Orleans, yes, during yes. the during their second NFC championship game, and the way Foles plays, yep, he could have been in two straight Super Bowls, yep. So to yep. me, it was that two. I lo- you know, I'm, I'm never, I, Barrett, I looked over at my wife, I go. If that freaking dude catches that pass, the Eagles drive in and win that game. In my opinion, they win that game. Then they go to the NFC Championship game. You know what? You're not going to get rid of Nick Foles. If you have a guy take you to two straight NFC Championship games, he wins a Super Bowl. Say he gets the two Super Bowls, Carson Wentz would have been dealt that offseason. Yes, there's no question about that. You're not getting rid of Foles after two Super Bowl appearances. You're not doing that. Well, think, think of what the roster would have looked. Think about how things would have changed if Jeffries catches that pass. He catches that pass, man. I, the whole one thing that always stuck out for me. That's the whole outlook. Would everything would have changed because, man, you know, because I, I doubt seriously they gave they wouldn't have gave Carson that contract number one, and. You know, he'd have been the guy. You know what I'm saying? He would have been the guy going forward. It'd have been his team going forward. No okay. question. All the things we said today. Is it setting up for quarterback wide receiver? Or is it set up for edge rusher wide out? Edge do you, rusher. Do you, do you, first off, do you don't think he's he's using three ones? No. He's gonna trade one. I think he's he's gonna trade one for next year to have two next year. Okay. What position do you think he drafts first with two of those first-round draft choices? Wide receiver. Wide receiver number one, and then he goes uh, – I think he goes rush end or or three technique next. You know, I had three <laughs> – just to show you how off-page I am. I had three defensive guys in my mock draft – that would have been too much like right, Dan. That would have been too much like right. <laughs> I, 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 had, I had three, and I just went. Because I'm going to do it again before the um, – a week before the draft. I'll do another one because I've now I'm getting an understanding a little bit on direction, on where he's going because, dude, you did nothing to help Jalen. So he's got to go heavy, even though his defense, like Seth Joyner says – 
Seth Joyner, man. <laughs> I got to give it to Seth. Dan, I told you, man. I told you. They hate linebackers, and they're going wide out. This is what this dude – I'm going, hey, Seth, I get it. You know, Seth's going, man, we're talking about DBs. They ain't drafting no DBs. <laughs> I'm going, okay, all right. <laughs> Seth's like, damn, man, wide receiver, okay? Wide receiver, he may take a quarterback. And I'm going – that's okay. not so far fetched. Now, if they do use no, all agree. three picks, if they use all three picks, oh, best believe it. They use all three. One of them's going to be a quarterback if they use all three. But I think they trade it to next year. They'll have two first rounders next year, and and um, use two of the first rounders this year to help the, at the wide receiver position. Falls the down, what if Pickett falls down to fifteen or sixteen? Well, then that's what I'm saying. Then we'll use, use all three. three. They'll use all three. Then yeah, they'll use all three because then they're going to draft a quarterback. And then they're going to go uh, uh, either rush in or, or three technique and a wide receiver. I hope they get Traylon Burks. That's who I want. You know what? The quarterback is making more sense now because you know why he hasn't done anything in free agency with wideouts? He doesn't know what style of quarterback he's going to have. Jalen yep. Hurts or a true drop back guy? Why would he bring in somebody that doesn't fit? What they want to do moving forward. I hey, hey Barrett, I hate to say this, but this may be really rolling towards a quarterback in this draft, like this Willis kid or Pickett. Dan, you're learning. Shit. You're getting this. You're getting us. It, it's not like it, there's too many things that like just like you said, just like with 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 um with the wind stuff. You know, I you could have bought me with a wooden nickel that the Eagles would trade Carson Wentz and leave a $34 million cap hit to sit there and they go forward in the season. That's like unheard of. It was unheard of. It was the most ever. And now it's become a president in the league. Yeah, that's what Matt Ryan and the Eagles and the Falcons have done, moving him to um, uh, the Colts. They have a $37 million cap hit. So I've seen things that – that just didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that Deshaun Watson is not on this team when you could have given them four first rounders, the three this year and one and one next year. And Jalen. Yeah, and a quarterback to go, go into the future with. And the deal didn't get done. Things like that don't make sense to me. It makes all the sense in the world that they make that trade. It makes all the sense in the world that they go out and get a Devontae Parker because, you know, why would they trade to a to a team inside their division, a hated team in their division? But New England wanted to get the job done, so they got the job done. That's yeah. what you do, get the job done, right? Absolutely. That's what I thought. You know, that's what All I right. Ugh. Shit. <laughs> All right, Barrett. You mean afternoon? I'm gonna have uh, Gary Cobb on with me, like I always do each and every single Monday. I think your boy Jaws is gonna hit up on me on Tuesday too. So I don't That's know. What's up. That's what's up. We'll see. I don't know, dude. You've made me depressed. Well, I didn't mean to do that, man. I was just. <laughs> I don't want you to be shocked. You know, shock value is not what we do, man. I don't. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. So. It's not. It's not, brother. No, I'll catch you tomorrow. Hey, so who you got tonight? I'm going Carolina, man. Well, oh, that's right. You can't go Kansas. No, no. You I can't. can't go Kansas. You're going UNC tonight. I think Kansas wins. 
a national championship tonight. And I think they they went pretty good tonight too. So they probably will just because Bill I, Self. You know. Yep. Bill Self is about this. Bill Self has done ten times the job Roy Williams ever did at uh, Kansas. No question about that. No okay. question. I mean, he under out of nothing every year. Yep. He underachieved with the Jayhawks. Uh, Bill Self is not underachieving uh, with the Jayhawks. So that'll be interesting too tonight. So Barrett, catch you tomorrow, man. Don't yep. forget, catch me uh, this afternoon, four to six. We really appreciate you checking out the National Football Show till tomorrow here on the Middle. We'll see you on the flip side. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.